Good morning again. Good morning. It's still me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm here all day. It's like. So, um, part of my Sunday morning routine is I get up, I get up, obviously, um, spend time with God in scripture and in prayer, and then walk. Um, being outdoors is just one of the ways that I connect with God. And so, this morning when I was walking, because it's getting lighter later, Um, whereas during the summer, it was kind of light at 6 a.m. when I was walking. Now, not as much. And I was just taken by the stars this morning about just how beautiful they are and how our God put them there. He's our creator, the creators of the heavens and the earth. And one of the things that reminded me of, it's just those simple but profound ways that God shows up in our everyday being. And so what I'd like you to do, just pause for a moment. And I want you to think about where have you seen God so far today? And I want you to thank him for that. It's an act of gratitude, of acknowledging, of being aware. Hopefully you will do that more than just here. But it was just one of those moments of being able to connect to our God. One time, this person came up to me and they asked me, they said, so what did you teach when you were a full-time educator. And I was like, social studies? She was like, I knew it wasn't science because you never use science illustrations. I was like, thank you. Um, I think, I'm not really sure. Um, and, And so I try sometimes. I will ask my husband, who is an engineer, if he can help me come up with an example. And he does an incredible job of teaching me and giving me some ideas. And it's just like over my head. And I'm like, I'm just not even sure if I can pull that off. And so I'm not musical either. And I apologize for that. For those who sit near me when I sing, but I know that God God loves me in the midst of that as I get to worship and praise him. But I'm not going to give musical examples because I don't understand them completely. My husband, once again, could help me, but I just can't pull it off. So our opening, that is all to say, I apologize, but our opening illustration today is a football illustration. And I know that I am not the target audience of sports talk radio in Knoxville. And I know that because sometimes the advertisements, I'm just like, yep, that was not for me. Um, But I like listening to sports talk radio. I, I have only called in one time. It was years ago when App State was playing for the national championship and I wanted to make sure Knoxville knew about it. So I called in. But that's not the illustration. The illustration is the, the other night when I left church, I was driving home and I had it on sports talk radio and it was a nationally syndicated 
show that was on, and I'm not really as much of an NFL fan as a college fan because I live in the South, and that's one of the stereotypes that we have. I didn't grow up with an NFL team to connect with, but definitely had college connection. But it was a guy that was giving a list, and I missed what the list was called, but this was what I interpreted. The list of five quarterbacks in the NFL that better get their act together this season or they may not be starting after this season. And I happened to arrive at this information as they were getting to the number one quarterback that is, in essence, failing. And this quarterback, this commentator, was giving these reasons why the quarterback was not successful last year. And this is what he said about the quarterback. Said that the quarterback had forgotten to put football number one. Does anybody want to know who this quarterback is? It's Russell Wilson, for those that are intrigued by that. But what the commentator was saying is that that Russell Wilson has lost sight of what his priority is. And it was obviously not football last season because if it was, he would have done better. I don't know if that's true or not. Russell Wilson, if we talk to Russell Wilson, he may tell us that his top priority wasn't football and that he's okay with that. I don't know. Like, as a listener, that is not my job to know. I was just being entertained by the conversation. But the statement applies to us just as our concept of putting things first. See, the principle is this. Is our life is what we want in life, is our priorities, what we value. Is it what we want? Is it what we believe is number one? Is what we want to be number one in our lives? Is it the desires of our heart? Is it really number one in our lives as we live out our life? And we go to Jesus' teachings to help us because hopefully... Our desire is for God to be first. That that is our priority, that is God. And how we know and learn and practice what God desires of us is by reading scripture. Like, I cannot say this enough. And I just don't say it because I'm supposed to. I say it because I believe it to my core. We have to be in scripture. We just do. We've got to be reading the Bible. And sometimes I feel like a product placement when I tell you about our Bible reading plan. But it is real. And the reason we have a Bible reading plan, it is a tool for you to engage in scripture that connects to what we are talking about weekly in here um, through our sermons Some of our small groups use the resources. Our devotionals use it. And that's what we're doing today. Tomorrow morning, you're going to read Matthew 6. Because that's where we are. We're reading in Matthew. And the multiple ways we can get that information integrated into our lives, the more helpful it is. And what we go to today is our focus in September is putting God first. Putting our treasure where our heart is. And we go to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. This is in the midst of Sermon on the Mount. We have spent time in the Sermon on the Mount. And I have to confess, Sermon on the Mount is some of my favorite 
scriptures that we read. And this is where Jesus is just outlining the basic information and practices of someone who follows him, who follows Jesus. This is what Jesus says and is found in Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Are our treasure and our heart where we want them to be? Let's do a really quick assessment of that. You're not getting a grade. This is for you. I want you to think about what is it that is the desire of your heart? What do you want to be number one in your life? What's your priority? Now, I want you to think about is your treasure your value, the evidence of your priority, does it align with what you want your priority to be? We can do this as an example, is we've identified what our priority is. Now I want you to think about your calendar and your checkbook or your online account. However you can look into and see where you spend your money. Do how you use your resources of time and money, do they align with what your priority is? That's a good way to look at our, our heart, which is our desires, and our treasure, which is the re, our evidence of our resources. Our treasure is what we value and is measured by where and how we use our resources. And this isn't a guilt sermon. This is just us having a conversation about what we want our priorities to be and what our priorities are. Like if I said, do you all think reading the Bible and praying is important? I would assume the majority of people would be like, I'm in church, this is a yes answer. Hopefully it's more than just your intelligence. The next level is, how do I live that out every day of my life? How am I in scripture? How am I praying? The treasure principle is this alignment of what our priorities are with how we live our lives out. And the treasure principle is living with kingdom vision, faithfully focused and God-dependent. Kingdom vision. Let's be honest. That's not something we talk a lot about. You, You probably aren't with your friends hanging out and going, I have this kingdom vision. It's not language we use a lot. Yet it is important. Because our vision needs to be a kingdom vision if our vision Because if our vision is earthly focused, then our treasure is limited to earthly measures. Now, I don't know about y'all, there's some parents in this room. And for, I assume, parents 
no matter the age is, you hope your kids are, are gonna be successful in life. And when you're in elementary school, you're like, I want them to make it to high school and I want them to have some skills. And they, they get to high school and you're like, I would really like them to graduate high school. As an educator, we used to call it graduating on time with options. That is what we were looking for. We want you to graduate on time and we want you to have options. And then after high school, you're like, so what's next? Is it college? Is it direct employment into the workforce? And after that, like, is it, you have your own paycheck and you're no longer on our insurance. You're no, I'm no longer paying your car insurance. Like, this is like our vision of our goals for our kids and as grandparents. What is that like? You have goals for your kids still, us. We have goals within our jobs that we want to have a paycheck. We like that. We have retirement and then how that works when we retire. How are we going to live when we retire? And that is vision. That is goals. Yet that's that is also short-sighted. Don't stop doing that. That is part of our living in our culture Yet this, this treasure and this heart piece is about looking better, farther than that. I used to work in, a, in school settings with students who were in lower socioeconomic status. And sometimes we would have conversations like, if you didn't think you were going to live past 18, how do you set goals past 18? Like having that perspective... Scott McKnight in his commentary on the Sermon on the Mount in this specific part says, if the kingdom vision of Jesus doesn't reshape our approach to possessions, then we are not living out of a kingdom vision. VBS is not a four day a year event. It appears like that, but it is a kingdom vision. It is that we believe if we gather students and kids in here for four days and we, we love on them and we talk about the principles of who Jesus is and how much he loves us, that they will want to continue to engage in a relationship with God and that they will come back and we will get to nurture them and grow them and that they will tell their friends about it and then their friends will come and they will get engaged and that they will grow up and they will want their families to be focused on God. That vision is not four days every year. That is a kingdom vision that we believe that VBS is a method, a tool in which we get to interact with kids that hopefully changes their lives and their family's life, not just now, but forevermore. That's a kingdom vision. How are your goals kingdom focused with a kingdom vision? That's just not about here and now, it's just not our cultural vision and goals, but it is about eternity. What do we say? Heaven, heaven on earth and on earth and in heaven as we read in the Lord's Prayer. Like as we live out our lives one day at a time, that our vision includes the kingdom of God. It is different 
than how our culture tells us. The next part of this treasure principle is that our focus in seeking to have our treasure and heart aligned with God is faith, not fear. I don't know about you all, but in our 20 years of marriage, my husband has been laid off twice. I took a year off when our son was born and then there we, I was, had 14 months of medical leave where I received benefits, but it wasn't 100% of what we were used to. And then in those four seasons of our life as a family, how much we had coming in was less than it had been or how much we were used to and we had to make adjustments. And there was time that there was fear in that. Would we have enough? At least with the maternity leave, we thought it was 12 months. But yet with the layoffs, we didn't. And one of those took place in 2008 in the fall. I don't know if y'all remember that, Tom. There was quite a bit of uncertainty. And in fact, we would say for years later that we would make decisions with a recession mentality out of our fears of what we were afraid had happened or would happen. That fear was real. I mean, that was real. Our fears, it isn't that our fears aren't real. It is that we make decisions and we live our lives, our our treasure and our heart, that we do so with faith as the focus. Like, God, I don't know how this is gonna all work out. We're gonna do what we can. We're gonna be faithful. We're gonna trust that you're gonna fill that gap that we can't figure out that our priorities, living out our priorities are about being dependent on God and not ourselves. You see, that's the next part of the treasure principle that ultimately the treasure principle brings into question our dependency. Is it us or God? I think one of the challenges that we have is that for many of us, we can think our way out, talk our way out, research our way out, pay our way out. Like we have the ability out of self to work hard and make changes in our lives until we come up with that thing, that circumstance where we're powerless. There's a chapter in the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the the primary source for the 12 steps. And it's titled, We Agnostics. And when I was first introduced to this chapter, I was like, I don't need that chapter. I believe in God. And yet I missed this incredible part of this text that talks about our dependency on God. And this is what it says. It says, either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he is not. What will our choice be? So either God is or he isn't. It's not like, God, you're God when I need you, when I'm in crisis. Or is it, God, you are my God and I'm going to depend on you each and every day that my dependency is on you and not me. Because believe it or not, if you haven't already, at some point you're gonna come to the end of yourself 
And hopefully God is what's there. Sometimes it takes circumstances. Sometimes it takes us making adjustments in our perspective. So we're kingdom, fo- we're, we're kingdom we have a kingdom vision, faithfully focused and God dependent. And living, but living and giving those resources of our time and our money, we have to look at our first fruits. Living and giving our first fruits to God is living out the treasure principle. I don't know about you all, but I don't think there's a lot of us that live or work necessarily in an agricultural business. We're not, this is not an agrarian society anymore. But yet when we look in scripture, we see it both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, this concept of first fruits is this, that what we get first when there was a harvest, that the first part of that harvest went to God, not the leftovers, the first fruits. When I was reading in Genesis, the conflict between Cain and Abel, actually first fruits is discussed in that. Because one took their first fruits, the other took what was left and offered to God. It's an offering up of our first fruits. When I first got sober and I'd ended up back in church and I was telling my mentor within recovery that I was back in church and she, we were, I, somehow we got talking about giving And I know I was not giving 10%. I know I wasn't tithing, that means 10%. But what my mentor told me, she was like, so how how are you giving? And I'm like, well, I'll wait till the end of the month and I see what is left. And if it's a good month, God gets something. If I hadn't been able to make ends meet, then I'm hopeful about the next month. It's not first fruit giving, that's leftover giving. That's not with God as my priority. And let me tell you, that was hard for me. I was scared. I was fearful that I wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to be able to pay the bills. And how was I going to give God his? But that started for me this practice of first fruit giving that God gives, I give God first. It's his anyways. And if you're thinking, like tithing is 10%, and I'm not a mathematician, you're like, what are you? You are not a musician, you aren't scientific, you're not a mathematician, like what are you, Brooke? But what I know is if 10% goes to God, 90% I get to keep. I'm not brilliant, but that seems like I get to keep quite a bit. So this being able to look at our lives and if you're not giving of either your time or your money yet, like start somewhere. Start somewhere. If it means $10, not because you're given to Concord, but because you're given to God because you want to make God first in your life, that you want God to be your priority, that you want your heart and your treasure to be aligned with God, start somewhere. Start with 1%, start with 5%. Maybe you can start with 10. And begin the act of giving. Same thing with our time. Maybe do a time audit. But we've got to look at how our lives align with what we want our priorities to be. 
We learned a prayer. It may not have been new for some of us. The serenity prayer is in our prayer, God, that we talked about in August. And the serenity prayer says this, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Maybe you start this process of your your heart and your treasure by praying that. God, grant me the, the, the things I, serenity accept things I cannot change. Maybe that's where faith comes in. The courage to change the things I can. Where are the places in my life that I need to make decisions where my priorities, where my desires are align with my treasure? And Lord, give me wisdom to know the difference. Hopefully, whether we've been doing this thing for a long time or we've been doing it a short time, or maybe we showed up today for the first time. It's important that we begin to work, walk out with God, have the conversation with God. If I want you to be number one, I want you to be number one, God, because of your grace and your love of me. And I am going to make efforts to live out the treasure principle with kingdom vision, faithful focus, and God dependency. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, thank you for this time and this space. Lord, you know what we needed to hear. You know what we need to do next, what our next steps are as we, we walk out these doors or we click off the computer that what is it, Lord, stir in us this willingness to align the desires of our heart, our priority that you are number one with our resources and our actions, Lord. Lead and guide us into your hands. May your will, that our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.